Why don't you just quietly take your seats? I want to um, continue on in what uh, God has started here in us this morning. It's great to see you in church this morning. And I want to encourage you, wherever you are in your journey with God, today's going to be something new, something special. So the thing that I had on my heart when I came to church this morning was to tell the church to get ready for a new thing without knowing what uh, what songs we were singing or anything like that. But I believe this is a prophetic service that is going to change the destiny and course of our church and of our lives. Who's ready for that this morning? Praise God. So if you are visiting with us and to One Heart Church. I want to give you a great welcome this morning and believe that God will uh, speak to you and touch you in a very special and profound way today. So uh, you would have seen people raising their hands. Uh, we pray in, our, in church. Uh, when we raise our hands and, and um, do that, it's a sign of our worship and devotion and surrender to, to the Lord. So hopefully you can understand that's why we do that. And we had a, sec- a session of prayer because we believe Prayer changes everything. Prayer changes the destiny of where we're going because we we take what we can't do and we give it to God who can do. So if that's okay with you, that's what we do. But get ready for a new thing. So this morning I want to continue our series on um, the right path. And today uh, the, the message is the right path. Part three, make way for the new thing. I, and I really, really uh, sense the presence of God in our first service. And I know that um, God's going to do something good in this one as well, in many people's lives. But this morning, I have a parallel message. There's two sides to a message. Uh, like a bull with uh, sharp horns, two sharp points. And, and I, I said in the first service, with a whole lot of bull in between. No, it's, Pauline said, no, it's got a whole lot of stake in between. That, put it that way, it's a lot better. So we've got a parallel message this morning. I'll give you the two key points before we launch into it. Um, some, some of us have been on, a, on the, the path a long time. We've been on an old path. And, uh, and there's an inability to accept the new that God wants to do. So we want to we accept a new path, a new way. And the second part of my message is uh, about pathways that others can follow. And uh, bringing that back to the, to the key of reaching the world, all for the one, going after the ones who are lost. So um, thanks, guys. You could just keep playing, bring keep the king up, but no, you, you can go. Have a rest. Let's give them a, a hand today. It's um, also great to have Shell on the multimedia today. Let's give her a hand. Good job. That's her, that's her first, first official time doing it today, doing a wonderful job there. And if you do want to join the uh, team in any way, uh, do come and see us. Talk to uh, Ruth if you want to join the multi-team. She's doing a great job. Uh, I think our our, uh, commercials on our TVs are looking fantastic. Let's give uh, Ruth a hand for that. Good job. So I really just want to get back to that point that I made earlier about getting on a new path accepting a new path that God has before you today. So Isaiah 57 verse 14, if you're taking notes, our first scripture for today, Isaiah 57 verse 14, God says, rebuild the road, clear away the rocks and stones so my people can return from captivity. So 
in that, in that verse, there's not only a, a call for us as individuals to uh, pursue after the pathway, the right pathway that God has for us, but the task of every Christian is found in here is making a way for the lost to find their way back to God, to find their way back to Jesus. So our mission, One Heart Church, is very clear. And we want to we continue to remind you of that this year, is, uh, is to be a light that others can plainly see the way to Jesus. It's, it's found in our, our uh, mission statement, uh, Matthew chapter 5, uh, talks about being a, being a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, a light that shines its light to the whole world around it. And that's, that's a corporate thing. We want to be a church that, that no one can miss. And we want to be a people that no one can miss. So I want to encourage you to shine your light wherever you are because it, you, you never know the one that may be needing that light. You never know what someone else is, is dealing with or going through that needs the light of Jesus that they'll only see through you. So don't underestimate the, the place that you have in the world, in the, in the street you live in the school you go to, the place where you work or the neighbours that you have because they're looking for a light that cannot be hidden. And we want to do that corporately as a church as well to our city. So um, we, we want to uh, be a people who know how to get on the new pathways of God, creating a new pathway for new things. So I have an, an expectancy at the moment that there is always more to find than what you already have. We as a church need to have an expectancy to realize that there's more than we've ever had before. That, that I have an expectancy. I have a, I have a, 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 a hunger. Um, uh, that there's a void in my life that, that keeps spurring me on to pursue after Jesus for another day, for another week, for another season, for another month, because I know that there's, I haven't received all that I could receive from God. I haven't been and seen everything that God has for me. So... Um, I hope that I can inspire and encourage people here this morning that to go after the next season that God has for you, the new pathway that God is opening for us. So uh, Luke chapter 5, verses 37 to 39 says this. And, and we all would have heard this message before because it's a very common uh, thing that we preach out of. It says, No one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Now, here's, here's, a, here's a key point for this morning's message. No one, including God, puts new wine into old wineskins. I'll let that sink in. No one, including God, puts new wine into old wineskins. So the power of the Holy Spirit can only be contained in a new skin. The path of discipleship is a path of new things. And so if you, if you want to get the best out of the purposes and the presence of God in your life, you've got to be, you've got to be committed to a, a, a personal renewing all the time, a personal renewal of things all the time, so you don't get settled at a place where you say, well, now I'm, I'm comfortable. I've dealt with a few issues in my life, and now I'm just going to camp here for a while. You don't want to be in that place because God has more. So if you've dealt with an issue of anger, so to speak, you've, you've dealt with an issue, issue of greed, or whatever it is that you're, you're, you've dealt with in your life, it's not a point to say, well, here you are, well, I'll sit at that place of victory and say, well, here's where I stay forever, because God will say, now I want to deal with some other things. They may be personal.
personal. They may be things you don't want the world to see or know about. But you know what? God wants to take you on this personal journey of discipleship and growth and spiritual empowering that, uh, that is always moving forward. Always something new. Always something else. Say else. Poke the person next to you, not in the eye, and say, there is always something else. See, who wants to stay with the attitude of stale will do? Who wants to stay at the place where stale will do? It's like if you go to the bakery and you say, I'll have a pie, please. And they go, oh, well, hang on, we don't have any pies. Let's look around. And they say, oh, we found one under the counter. It's been here for about three weeks. And you say, that'll do. You say, no, that'll make me feel sick. That will not do. And sometimes when it comes to our spiritual journey, in spiritual things, the most important things in life, we're saying, I'm happy for the stale pie that is hiding under the counter somewhere that that should have been thrown in the bin. And I'm saying, well, give me that one. That'll do. No, it won't do. It'll never do. We want to be on a fresh pathway, a new way that God is wanting to fill us with new and powerful things. So Jesus said an interesting thing. He said, no one who drinks the old seems to want the new. Now, this is an interesting, challenging thing. Now, I know someone told me after church in the first service, we're talking about wine. They said, well, actually, the old wine's a better wine. We're talking about a spiritual thing here. And you shouldn't know anyway. So we're talking about a spiritual metaphor here. I'm not talking about literal... Yeah, we're... Well, we're talking about the, the, the wine of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, no one who drinks the old seems to want the new. Now, Jesus was directly referring to the religious order of the day uh, as not being able or suitable to contain what God was preparing for next. So he was talking to, the, to, to those who had a religion, a form of godliness, but didn't have any power. And, and uh, he was referring to the religious order of the day. And, and they're not suitable to contain what God was preparing for the next, for the next pathway. So there were four issues that derailed their pathway to the new, to what God was wanting to do next. They were, uh, these are the four keys, you can jot them down and we'll look at each one carefully. They were protective, they were judgmental, they were passive-aggressive, who loves that? I love, I'm a passive-aggressive, I, I love that, it's like my, my go-to uh, you know, part of life, but, but it's not a good thing. They were religious. They were defenders of what God was ending. And we've got to realize sometimes that God wants to end some things and we can be saying, but I, I like the old wine. I like the old way. I'm going, to, I'm going to defend for God something that God's saying, I'm ending it. We'll look at Paul later on, but Paul was a classic example of someone who was defending what God was ending. And we need to be a people who say, well, I'm not going to defend what God ends. I want to be on a new pathway where God's leading. So they kept, so these people were kept off the pathway of the Holy Spirit that God was ushering in to a new season for the world, for the whole world. And they're saying, no, we want to stay to the old. We like that better. So the first thing it was they were protective. Now, this, this is, they were guarded against what God intended um, to do and they wouldn't receive it. We find in Mark chapter 11, um, verses 27 to 33, um, they confronted Jesus with the words when, when he was ministering and they're saying to Jesus, who gave you the right? So they were, they were, 
they were protective over their, their system. But when Jesus came, who was the Son of God, who was God in flesh, they didn't recognize him. And instead of seeing the signs that he performed and the miracles that he did and the authority that he carried, they said, who gave you the right? Didn't come from us because it didn't need to come from them. It came from heaven and they wouldn't see it. But they were protective and were guarded against what God had intended for the world. So the second thing we see, they were judgmental. Now that word judgmental is when we're overly critical. And although these, these religious people, they had the writings of the prophets, they were the custodians of the law, um, they had all the knowledge of the coming Messiah. Um, but when Jesus appeared, they refused to acknowledge who he was and they condemned him with an incorrect verdict. Ultimately, they condemned him to death. But Mark chapter 3, verse 22, um, they, they judged incorrectly and they said, well, he gets his power from Satan. To me, that's an incorrect judgment. So they, instead of uh, looking at Jesus' life and, and, and lining up the, the, the law and the scriptures and all the prophecies of him, they said, no, 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 it can't be him. And, and, and when, you, when you realize that they were the custodians of all the prophecies that line up to Jesus, they didn't want to see it because it messed up their, their thinking. They didn't want to receive him. And so instead of saying, we see that he is the son of God, they said he gets his power from Satan. And so they completely misread Jesus, uh, everything about Jesus. Now, my favourite part, they were passive-aggressive. And and look, I do this all the time. It's not a good thing, but they they had indirect communication. So so we'll see how they did that in a second. But indirect communication is is when you have a question, or or particularly when it comes into church, we want a healthy, thriving church culture. Now, in in a... bad culture, instead of saying, well, I have a question, I'll go to a leader and talk to them about that. You go to 10 or 15 other people and saying, oh, I I disagree, I don't like why they do that, but you don't try and seek the right answers. So you just go and find someone who's as clueless as you and say, well, you tell me what you think. You say, yeah, that's really, yeah, we shouldn't do that. But you know what? That's a passive-aggressive way of dealing with issues. It's indirect communication. The Bible says if you have an issue with someone, go to that one. Go to that person. Sort it out. Deal with it. And often people don't want to do that that way because they don't want to change their opinion. Oh, mamma mia. So, uh, so what they would do, what, what these religious people do, they would send spies to trap Jesus. And they did that because they, they had fear of, of competition. They saw Jesus as a threat. They, were, they saw Jesus as their competition. Uh, they were making excuses. They were blaming others. They were obstructionists. Uh, they played the victim, especially after Jesus' crucifixion. They, they, you know, they, they were saying, are you blaming us for his death? Well, who else were they going to blame? They were the ones who did it. Um, they, they played the victim. They, they used sarcasm, backhanded and hidden anger. They, they, they're passive-aggressive methods that the Pharisees used. Uh, Luke chapter 20, verse 20, uh, and, and over and over again you see in the scriptures that it says they sent spies to try and trap Jesus. That's passive-aggressive behaviour on their part. They're saying, oh, it wasn't us. We, 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 we sent someone else to ask the questions, so they kind of, our hands are clean, wasn't us. We, we, we caught him out in, in something that he said. And the fourth thing, they were religious. Now, now what that I use in that term there, religiousness, is godliness defined by effort and behaviour, but denies relationship with God. 
That's what religion does. So what uh, we see in Matthew 23 verse 5 is that uh, Jesus spoke about these kind of people and he said um, they do everything for show. Whatever they do, it's, it's just for appearance. So they love they love the seats of honour at places. They love greetings in the marketplace. It says they, he goes on and talks about they, they, um, in those days they used to put scriptures and tie them in boxes on the head. They had big tassels. The longer the tassel, the more important that you were as a, as a teacher. And so what, with these scriptures, they, they would like tie a, a, all the scriptures on their forehead. They'd, stick, they'd have a big box full of scriptures on their head. And then the, the, the other guy would sit and think, well, I'll get a bigger Bible and, and tie that to my head. And in the end, they're walking around with back braces on because they've got so much stuff on their head to try and be spiritual, trying to show others of their religious uh, uh, standing. But you know what? Jesus said they do it all for show and it doesn't, doesn't impress God. So... These people missed the pathway to life. They missed the new pathway because they were loyal to things that God was ending. So their old wine was not okay. So you need to, you need to remind yourself every day, the old wine is not okay. That's good. Remind yourself that when you go home. So Jesus rebuked the religious teachers. And we see this Luke chapter 11, verse 52. Let me read this to you. He says, you don't enter the kingdom yourselves and you prevent others from entering. So Jesus was not cool with the idea that they weren't saved. And he was even less impressed that they kept others out too. So the lesson for us is live fresh in the things of the Spirit. Uh, Recognise the things that God is ending. And there are things that we might think, well, we're so loyal to these things, but we've got to realize that God takes us through times, seasons, and places, and with people, and we've got to say, well, sometimes a season is ending, and we need to uh, know how to incorporate that in our lives. So I tell you, when we start to understand this, it will keep you saved. It will save the lives of others around you. Um, Now, my most unfavorite book in the Bible, uh, which I have two most unfavorites, there's the book of Job and the, and the Song of Songs, the most, most unfavoritest book in the Bible, but they have some great stuff in there anyway. The advice of Eliphaz uh, to Job, now Job is a guy who'd lost a lot of, he'd lost everything, he's suffering, he's lost, he's lost his oxen, his sheep, his, his donkeys, his camels, his children, his family, it's all been taken away from him, so his wealth and everything, and then to top it all off, his health, He's lost his health as well. And, and it, there's, there's some friends of his come. One of them is Eliphaz. We're going to hear from him in a sec. But they all come to visit him, to console him, to encourage him. And it says when they saw his condition, they didn't talk for days. They covered their mouths and thought, heck, you're a mess. And, and I think they're saying, what do we say? What do we say? He looks terrible. It's, it's, Job says of himself is so bad. He says, my wife can't even stand my breath. No wonder she says, curse God and die. (laughs) Give him a (laughs) tic-tac. But he is in a painful situation. It says he he was covered in scabs and sores and he would scrape the pus from the scabs with the broken piece of pottery. That's what the Bible says. It's like... (laughs) Anyway, his friend who who came to encourage him like he said a lot of stuff that was, was probably not that helpful. 
but there was a couple of things that he said that I think could really help us. One of those is Job chapter 22, verse 28. It says, you will succeed in whatever you choose to do and light will shine on the road ahead of you. Now, that may be something to encourage you today, that light will shine on the road ahead of you. I want to encourage you with that. Light will shine on the pathway ahead of you. And, uh, and uh, you'll succeed in whatever you choose. Now, when you say that, you don't just say, hey, look, I want to um, do some crazy fantasy thing. What, what this comes down to is when you start to say, Jesus, I want to be on the pathway that follows you. I want to be a disciple that, that puts my footsteps in your footsteps and I want to follow you wherever you're leading me to. So uh, Job chapter 22 verse 30 goes on and this is the most important part. Even sinners will be rescued. They will be rescued because your hands are pure. Now when we start thinking of, of the one about our call you know, in, the, in this season to be reaching the lost and reaching the ones who don't know God. God's purpose in you is to rescue someone else in trouble. So walk the path that, that God lights before you, the right path, and you just never know the one who is depending upon you. So we don't know when we wake up, well, I wonder who's going to depend on me today. But we've got to go through life with an attitude and a, and a, and a walk that says, others are going to follow where I go. Others are going to find their way because the religious leaders were walking a path and others were following them. And Jesus said, you're not saved and others are following you and they're not going to be saved either. And we don't want to be a church or a person or a people who says, well, I'm just walking on my merry way. I'm okay. I'm happy with the old wine. And Jesus said, you're not saved. And others who follow you are not going to be saved. Eliphaz said to Job, when you walk the right way, then others are going to be rescued too. We want to have that as a culture in our life that says, well, how I walk affects the life of someone else. So God's purpose in you is to rescue someone else who's in trouble. Walk that path with God. Now, the Apostle Paul, he was once a religious defender who discovered the new path of the Spirit that was found in Jesus. Uh, Romans 7 verse 6, he says this, But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in a new way of living in the Spirit. And I want to encourage you that we need to be awake and aware and walking in a spiritual walk. Walk in a new way, in the Spirit way. So we've got to add some cultural perspective to this story. Paul was talking to the Jews about the law, the, the Jewish religious law that controlled every part of their life. We don't quite have that, so some people misinterpret these scriptures and think that we're talking about church and saying, hey, we, we, want to, we have some, some uh, rules just to keep things in order, and we think, oh, we're not under the law. No, we're not talking about it. Ne there's never a Christian church that I know that is under the law that Paul's talking about. That was the Jewish religious law. Got that, everybody? So there is no church that I've ever known that runs on the Jewish law that goes contrary to the faith in Jesus Christ. So we need to understand that. Paul, in the context, is talking to Jews who are bound by trying to please God by the law. They can't find it that way. But the real power of Jesus is found, if we want to apply this to our situation, is found when we can serve God free from obligation and in the power of the Spirit. 
So you don't do the pastor a favor when you serve in church. You don't, do, you don't do the world a favor when you be nice and kind and do things for others. What you're doing is you're walking in the power of the Spirit without an obligation to a law, but you're doing it because you've been transformed by the power of God. You're put on a pathway that is going to help other people find their way to Jesus. Is that making sense to everyone here today? So I'm going to have the musicians come back and join me, please. But today is our day to get ready for your new thing. Get ready for our new thing. Get ready to to walk with the new thing and to let go of the things that God is ending in our life. So whatever else is going on, I'm so excited because I know there 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 is more to find than what I already have. So that excites me. Despite what else is going on, I know there is more that, that there is for me to discover in God. There's more than what I've ever had is, or is still before me. Some people get through life bent over, hurt, broken, thinking, but some things have been taken away from me. Some things I lost. And how could I ever get it back? You know something I'm here to tell you today, this morning, God has more in front of you than was ever behind you. And you've got to say, well, so long as I'm alive, so long as I'm breathing, so long as I can, God has got more for me to see and do and become. There is more, there is more, there is more for you. Can we just stand together this morning, if you will? Because we want to get ready for a new thing. And I know there there are people here at church, maybe you've been in church for a long time, perhaps you've been born again in the past, but you feel as lost as you could ever be. I want to tell you this morning, don't go home from church today feeling that loss, feeling lost. You need to come back to to Jesus. You need to make that decision again and say, Jesus, I want to walk a new path. Maybe you you walk the path and you're following God and and, uh, it led to disappointment. It led to misunderstandings. It led to separations. I don't know what it was, but Jesus is saying, will you put your feet back on the pathway again? Because I have more for you. I have a new thing for you today. So let me show you a scripture here this morning. Jeremiah 6 verse 16. This is what the Lord says. I want to tell you today, we can be experts at what the devil says. We, we have fine tuning to what the devil says. So we, we, we hear lots of things and get put off from the new path that God wants us on because we've tuned in so well to the devil's voice. But this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you'll find rest for your souls. Now I know I've been talking about a new path, a new thing, but you know something? I think the new path is the old path. It's a path that Jesus walked before us. It's a path that God created for you. It's an ancient path. It's a good path. It's a a holy path, a righteous path. God wants you to put your feet and plant your feet in that and say, I'm going to take a step a day and I'm going to keep following after God because it's the best pathway for my life. Today is a crossroad moment to new things for you and for the church. It's time to step over, step into and walk the path to your purpose in Jesus. I believe as I was preparing this message that there is someone that you've really been trapped by fear. It's a spirit. It's not something that comes from from within you. 
It's something that comes from outside of you, but it paralyzes you whenever you think about the call and the purpose and the pathway of God. Fear traps you and says, stop, don't go any further. People will misunderstand you. Uh, People won't like you. You'll lose your friends. What is this going to cost you? And fear grips you. You need to shake that spirit off. You need to say, spirit of fear, you're, you're not part of not part of my future you can get out you can go now and you've got to replace that with faith that is what you believe Jesus will do and you confess that over your life you've got to say I'm going to the godly way I'm looking for the old way the godly way I'm going to walk in I'm going to travel its path and I'm going to live in the rest for my soul just going to stop a moment and pray for that person this morning whoever you may be and I know that God will be speaking to you today if that's you You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to indicate because I know that there's people here today and you're paralyzed by that spirit of fear. It's not a natural thing. You might think, but I'm just cautious. I'm just this. No, you've got to see it for what it is today. You've been paralyzed by a spirit, an evil spirit, a demon of fear. So right now in the name of Jesus, all those of you who are Christians here today, begin to speak in tongues with me this morning and begin to pray for these people who are paralyzed by fear. I speak the word of life into every person who is paralyzed by the spirit of fear. We cast down that spirit. We take authority over it in the name of Jesus. We claim the blood of Jesus over that person's life and pray, be set free today to walk in faith and power to see the favor of God. And we pray over that thing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So before we finish off, new wine goes in new wineskins. Seek the new and don't miss your now. See, God is stirring in you today something like faith, something exciting, something something's dreaming within you, some, some vision. So I gave you four things that, uh, that we looked at earlier that the religious people did. I want to give you four keys this morning so maybe you can take your seats again. Four things that will help you step into the new different to the first service this morning but that's okay number one faith faith is stirring within people you need to you need to apply faith to every situation number two have an excitement excitement is rising within people here today for the future for the pathway for the next for the things that that you're expecting God to do the third one is start dreaming again because when you dream there's possibilities there's there's a there's, there's a stirring within you of, of possibilities that things can happen. So you start to dream godly things. The fourth one is visions. You're visioning God things. They're things that don't come from your imagination, don't come from your, from your working out. They come from God. And I believe that God wants to put visionary things in you and stir things within you. They're four positives that make a way for new things in your life. So when you start to line up those four things, faith stirring within you, excitement begins to rise. Your dreams start to, you start to dream possibilities. And imagine if that could, I could just see that happening. And then, and then visions of the things that only come from God start to, start to descend upon you. But you start putting all those things together. And, and what you do is 
you start, you can't help it, but you start to take steps. You start to get on a pathway. You start to see in the distance what God is calling you into. And so you might think, but 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 I'm too scared. I'm too timid. I don't know enough. And God starts saying, get just get your feet on my path. And you just take a step and take a step. And you never know where you're going to be. And when you look behind you, you'll, ne- you'll never believe the amount of people that are following in your footsteps. Glad you're excited this morning. So I want to pray for you today that we may step into that new thing, that new day. I'm going to ask you to stand again, if you will. And in a physical sense, I think we need to do something physically that releases something spiritually. What I mean by that is I want you to take a step as a sign to God, hey, I'm going to leave some old stuff behind. I'm going to step into something new, something fresh, something I've never experienced before. Now, all I'm going to ask you to do right where you are, and if you're in the middle of an aisle, that's okay. Just push your way through. But step into the aisle and say, God, I'm stepping into something new. Step right out to the front if you want to. I want to pray for everyone who responds today. But we're going to give you some time to say, Jesus, I'm stepping into something new. I'm getting ready for what you have next for me. I'm shaking off the, 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 the bondages and the spiritual things that have hindered me in the past. And I'm going to focus my attention on where you want to take me next. I'm ready for the new thing. So if that's you this morning, God's stirring you, then, then just be bold and say, yes, God, I'm going to step into something new. I'm not going to stay where I came from today. I'm stepping into a new thing. And so you can stay in the aisles. I'll move my way around wherever you are and just believe for God to do something new in you. Thanks, guys. We'll sing that song and I'll just pray for people right now.